Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're sitting down with Breno Demiri, training out of Action Reaction from the East End of Toronto. Before we get started, don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you like what you're seeing and you want to help us support more athletes, coaches, and guests, make sure you subscribe and share. We are powered by Spirit Leaf Waterdown, located at 64 Hamilton Street North in Waterdown, Ontario. If you're looking for Canada's top cannabis stop, look no further than Alex and his crew at Spirit Leaf Waterdown. With his knowledgeable staff, you're going to be able to find all the THC and CBD products of the highest of qualities. Online curbside pickup is available, and don't forget to like our Instagram or their Instagram, and you'll save some money. We're also sponsored by Project Guard. Project X started an amazing program, helping youth get connected with the Jiu-Jitsu throughout the GTA, and they continue to do so. If you know anybody who would benefit from their gift of Jiu-Jitsu in their life, make sure you contact Project X Guard and help them get started with some amazing instructors. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and enjoy the show. Again, like it's it's all about the playoffs anyway. So who cares? Nobody cares about the regular season. You gotta get into the playoffs and then you gotta win. So yeah, we'll see. If they win, I'm happy. If they don't, then I'll be miserable again. <laughs> <laughs> You're always miserable. You're always miserable, I, Aaron. I hear you. Even Brazil, like even Brazil, the national team used to do very well back in the days, right? But uh, for the for the past few World Cups. We are losing, losing, losing. So I guess I'm unlucky about soccer. Because back in the days, my, my national team used to be very good. Uh, the, uh, the national, uh, the Vasco da Gama, talk about Vasco da Gama, my team from Rio de Janeiro, used to be very good. And the, the Brazil used to be very good. We won five World Cups. But in my yeah. generation, like we never seen. Mm. You know, so they lose. I think what was the last time Brazil won the World Cup? Was it two? I think Uh, they won. They won when I was younger because I remember watching. Like we had a two thousand and four. I think two thousand two. Yeah, two. I think yeah. Because I remember. Yeah, I I remember that, and then I remember this. This will show you how old uh, Fernando Zulik is because I remember he was on a podcast like you know, months ago. And he was saying like, he was at a cottage with some of his buddies in Brazil and they were hanging out and they were watching the world cup and it was Brazil versus Italy. And that was like 1994. Oh, <laughs> and I, I told no him I was way. six at the time. <laughs> yeah. so, the, last time that, the last time that Brazil won, I was five years old. So I don't really, <laughs> I don't really remember. <laughs> I lived I remember the party and everything, you know, people went nuts, you know, but I don't really remember the game. Shows you how old I am because I'm six. And I remember Brazil winning the World Cup in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I remember because I know they won it at least one more time after that. But, like, I think it's been a yeah. while since they were. 2002, I guess. Yeah, I think it was 2002. Yeah, that, that's the one thing I will say, like, especially like the South American countries, for sure. You guys, soccer is your sport. Like, you guys always excel at soccer. 
especially like even in the European countries as well. Soccer is, again, it's a, it's a global sport. It's amazing. I've never gotten into soccer, so I can't speak to it too much. So awesome for you guys. But yeah, I'm just a hockey guy. What? What do you mean, Aaron? You're just being, you're being humble. You're a black belt in soccer. What do you mean? No, I'm not. Do you play soccer for real? I no. Played, I played a little <laughs> Aaron does it. He doesn't play. No. I played a little bit growing up. Like I played a little bit, like playing like division, like, you know, 15, like, or I would just like mess around with some friends, but like nothing really serious. So. I'm pretty sure if I showed up to a, a pitch somewhere in Rio, I would get absolutely schooled by people there. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to play every single day. Every single day. That's where you were doing. Uh, that was that's what you were doing growing up. Just yeah, grab a ball. Grab a ball, go outside on the streets, you know, and play with our friends. So, so now that you're like dealing with like Canadian winters and stuff like that, like how are you dealing with those? Like not being able to play soccer every day in the Canadian winter colds, like that's a transition for sure. Well, uh, th this winter wasn't that bad. I, I guess I'm getting used to it because I'm living here, right? So I have no choice. I either yeah. get used to it or I die. You know what I'm saying? But my first winter, <laughs> you're right. that's, a little, I no that's a little extreme. <laughs> I don't think you're gonna die. I might just you might be a little uncomfortable and be like, "Wow, this is really cold today." I don't know if you're gonna die unless you're like running out, running outside naked in the streets or something in like January, which is probably not a good idea. Uh, but my first winter was really tough. Like it was really tough, you know, because like back home our winter in my province like brazil is too big right so in my province our winter is not bad at all so the worst temperatures is like two three degrees in my province so like when i when i used to like when i was living in brazil i used to see the sun every single day you know like every single day you get some sunshine and in my first winter here like I was look at this time and I was like, where are you? So I need you. <laughs> <laughs> I need the, that feeling, you know, like in my skin. You, and need I was missing it. you need to work on your tan, especially in Canada. Cause as you can yeah. see, me and Aaron are probably like the worst examples of tans that you can have. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I, when I, when I first came here, like I was talking to my friends. And they, when they saw me, they was like, you, bro, you are white. <laughs> what happened to you? <laughs> and it was during the winter. So I was like, yeah, I guess no sun here for now. <laughs> I need to wait. No, especially like when you get into like the winter months where like it's shorter days, there's not a lot of sun and you don't see the sun for like a week. Like it totally is mood changing. You can get miserable. It's, yeah. It could be a fact for sure. Yeah. You need to be busy, right? Like, especially yeah. for me, I need to be busy. I need to be doing things. I need to be studying because, yeah, I'm get, but I'm getting used to it. I'm getting used to it. Nice. So, uh, Aaron, would you like to introduce our, our guest? Oh, no, I, was, I figured we were just going to go into it. So, you can Oh, we're it, just Mike. going right into it. Okay. Uh, I'll do my Bernardo Faria impression, which is absolutely terrible. Okay, guys, this is a, a huge <laughs> honor for me. I got Breno Demiri here from uh, Cicero Costa. Breno, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. 
So, and uh, sorry, go ahead. Thank you guys for having me. And uh, you guys are doing a good job here. I think the community really needs like someone, like, you know, like one page, like your page that say about the jiu-jitsu, that say about the community. That they, I think it's very important for the community. Well, no, we appreciate that. Like, cause and we want to have a lot more guys like yourself. We just want to keep growing, getting more guys on as much as possible and ladies, of course, but that we are just try are trying to grow as big as possible. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Cause I find there's, and I, I've talked about this with a lot of guests, I think, and we'll, we'll talk about kind of like comparing like, you know, the training here in Brazil and everywhere. But I think here there's a lot of really good guys that, they, you know, like the worldwide or like on the world stage, they just haven't had the opportunity to try to, you know, go out and win. But um, first things first, how, how have you been and your adjustment to Canada and what have you been doing with, you know, since the pandemic and COVID and all that happening in the last year? So uh, what, do you, what have you been up to? So as you guys know, we, we can't go to the gym anymore. The gyms are all closed. We're in lockdown here in Canada, right? So I'm just going to some friend's gym. And I'm trying to be healthy, you know? Like, I'm trying to do my workout so I can take care. I try to take care of my body. Even though we are in lockdown, but I still eat healthy. I still doing my workouts. And I'm studying a lot, too, because before, uh, before the COVID thing, I was training a lot. So when you train a lot, Sometimes you don't study much because when you train a lot, you're tired, right? And then after COVID, after this thing here, I guess, like, I start to study a lot. I study a lot. I start to study. And I'm, like, I'm improving things that I wasn't good before. As I close a guard, I'm doing some half guards. I'm doing some appel guards as well. And I think I'm, I'm taking this time to study a lot. That's good. Like when it was like kind of like the last time you really took the time to take that type of time to study. Was it like probably two years ago? Okay. Yeah. And when I did that, like my jiu-jitsu improved a lot. Nice. So I'm pretty sure when I come back to train hard again, when I come back to compete again, I you get better. I'll be better at that point. Nice. So for, for those listening to to this and you know, they want to, they, they're taking this time. Maybe they're not training as much right now, unfortunately, because of the situation. So when you're looking at studying, are there specific, you know, you know, males and female competitors that you're studying, or are you looking at like improving like a certain aspect of your game? Like, how do you approach like uh, that aspect of jujitsu and like watching other people compete and train? Example, uh, before I was studying college sleep, right? So what I do? So when I'm studying, example, Collins Live, I try to study the guys that is good doing Collins Live, right? As Langarkir, Tommy Langarkir, as Merigali, mm -hmm. as um, Cobrinha. Uh, but let's say I want to study my Torian pass. So I go and study Leandro because he does a lot of Torian stuff. So I go and study Rodolfo Vieira. So that's how I do. Okay. So how did you kind of like, um, when was the last time you were on like a competition floor and like, have you gotten a chance to train, like compete this year at all or no? No, this year, like I haven't competed yet. My last tournament was in 2020, I guess in March. Right, okay, so right just, before, just before, 
just before the COVID thing. So you've taken a whole year and you got a whole bunch of studying ahead of you to just like to unveil soon, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to go back to compete because that's like, that's what I do. Like, that's what I've been doing for, for my whole life, right? Train, compete, train, compete. I started to train, I was eight years old. So since mm -hmm. then, I never stopped. And then now because of the COVID thing, I can't compete. So I can't wait. I so I miss. So how did you, how did you actually like discover jujitsu? Is it, I think your is your dad also a jujitsu black belt? And I think also your sisters, I think I met her uh, when she was in Canada a while ago as well. She's also, you know, a, a jujitsu black belt. I think she's also in Brazil right now. Um, is it just a family thing? Your dad got you into it. So like, how did you discover jujitsu and yes. like, how'd you follow? So one day, so one day I was at home and then I saw my, uh, I saw my daddy and he was packing like, he was packing his gear, but I didn't know what was that, right? And then I asked him, he asked, Dad, what is this? And he said, this is my gear. And I was like, what does that mean? What is gear? No, like, it's a uniform that I use to my training. And then I was curious, right? I was like, and then I asked him, can you wear this? I want to see how you look like. And then he said, no, come with me. Let's go to the gym with me, right? And then when I came to the gym with, with him, and I saw those guys, they were hugging each other, they were choking each other. And after that, they, they were all friends, and I love that. So for the first time, I, I came with my daddy just to watch. And then when he finished the training, I said to him, Daddy, like, I need to train. This is for me. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so it's just like love it. It was like love at first sight. Like you just went yeah. with your dad one day and you're like, Oh, this is cool. What are these guys doing hugging each other? Wow, I need to learn this. This is nice. <laughs> they were hugging each other at the, at, the, at the beginning, but at some point I saw, I saw those guys, like they were on each other's back. They were choking each other. They were doing like car bars. I was like, oh, this is really cool. That's pretty neat. You come from a, a, a family lineage of just like training at such, such a young age. And then you get into this transition point as a young man, young manager yourself now. And here you are, you're a black belt competitor living in Canada. So like, how did that even transition to, to be like, how did you end up coming to Canada to kind of represent the Shiratasa up here? Uh, uh, I have one friend of mine and he, he knows Fernando Zulik gringo gringo is the guy that brought me here and this friend of mine his name is johnny and then fernando was talking with johnny and fernando said to johnny johnny do you know someone that likes to train hard do you know some brazilian guy that wants to come and visit canada because i'm thinking to create a competition training and then i need three or four guys do you know anyone and then he said that to my friend johnny right and then Jonathan mentioned saying, Breno, would you be down to come to Canada? I think it's a great opportunity for you. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu in Canada is growing a lot, you know? And then I have this guy, which is Fernando uh, Gringo. I have this guy here, he needs someone. And then if you want to, I can send you his number and then you talk to him. And then I talked to Fernando and then I was like, but before my dream, uh, before my dream was, my dream before was go to America and then train there because that's that's what other Brazilians do, mm -hmm. right? So they start to do Jiu-Jitsu in Brazil, but eventually they move to America. 
because America, like the World Championship, is there. Just one example. Uh, I'm from I'm from Campo Grande. Campo Grande is the name of my city, right? So, to buy a ticket to go to America to do the world is very very expensive. It's very expensive, and also our money, like dollars, too expensive for us. So it's four times you multiply our money. One dollar is four reais. Mm-hmm. So one dollar is four reais. So mm-hmm. if I buy a ticket and then I buy Airbnb and then like food and everything, I need to pay dollar, right? But we make real, which is our money, the Brazilian money, right? So I was like, oh, well, uh, I, I got to go to America, right? So I'm going to be there. So I'm, I'm going to be able to compete. And that's my dream. That's what I want to do. And then when my friend said about Canada, I was like, oh, well, Canada is pretty close to America. So why not? I'm going to try. And then I'm going to spend there six, six months. And then after that, I go to America. But when I came here, I was actually surprised because I got to here. When I got to here, one week after I got to here, uh, I fought at um, Ontario Open. Ontario Open, yeah, that's it. That's Fernando's uh, tournament for yeah, those who. Uh, and then when I saw that tournament, I was like, "Yo, Jiu-Jitsu is a is a huge thing here. Like, it's a huge thing. Like, I didn't know about, I didn't know about Jiu-Jitsu in Canada, but when I got here and then I saw all those guys, I was like, "Yo, this is a big deal here. This is a big mm-hmm. deal, and it's growing, and it's growing. It's just at the beginning. So after some point, I was like, I want to be part of this." You know, I want to be part of this. I want to help Canada to be as good as America is, right? Like, I want to bring some guys here as well. And one day, maybe Canada can be just like America, right? Canada Jiu-Jitsu. Why not? I think you had a good, uh, a, a good comparison because I think a lot of the top guys, like, you know, like the who's who of Jiu-Jitsu from Brazil, a lot of them have moved to the U.S. So, like, you know, Cyborg, Galvao, all the top guys of at some point cabrina mendez brothers you name it they've all they've all started training in brazil but then you basically said like hey they end up moving here because you know a lot of the biggest tournaments are are here and i think also like in in canada for example there's a lot of like you even mentioned it, there's a lot of really good people that are like maybe this close to getting to like that level. They just need like maybe one more little push or maybe they can't get to those tournaments. But I think even Brazil, I think you would agree. There's a lot of people there. And you, I think you even said that, you know, it's very expensive to travel from Brazil to go to the U S and there's a lot of really good people, really good jujitsu people that can't get to the U S just because, you know, you know, money and everything. Um, to get the U.S. visa is also hard for Brazilians too. So yeah. most of the times, like let's say I'm trying to be an athlete, right? But uh, I need to go to America to compete at Worlds. Otherwise, I, I'm not going to do the world if I don't get the visa. And a lot of times, like people try for like for three, four, five years and they don't, they don't get it, mm-hmm. you know? So they just give up. I think it's been an issue for a lot of like really top guys. Cause I remember at the time when I did worlds, I was a blue belt in 2013. And I think one of the biggest like Brown belt matches, I think I told the story and I remember it, it was Keenan. He was fighting uh, Jackson Sousa at the time. 
but they've been trying like Jackson Sousa was, you know, he was training in Brazil. He was training in Rio, you know, from the favelas. It was, he was having a really cause He was a really good guy. He was winning all the tournaments in Brazil, but he couldn't get to the U S so he couldn't do the Mundials, which were in, yeah. which were in California. And like, and like Keenan was the top guy in the U S and Jackson Sousa at the time was the top guy in Brazil. They're both Brown belts. I think even like, you know, Keenan's team at the time, they're like, we want you to fight that guy. We'll even try to sponsor him and get him up here. So you guys can do a super fight and they still couldn't do it. But eventually, you know, you know, for somebody who was that caliber and that good at the time, he couldn't even get in. It, it's really, it, it shows it's really difficult for, you know, somebody from Brazil to try to get a, you know, a visa or even just like an athlete visa, just to try to get to the U S what, um, yeah. what, uh, advice would you give to somebody who may be in Brazil right now, or even in Canada, if they're trying to, to travel and do what you've done? Cause you've, you've trained in a lot of different places. You've been all over the world. Like what advice would you give them where they want to be in your position one day where they're like, okay, like I can travel, I can go to all these tournaments. Like what, uh, what can you give them to help them out? Don't give up and keep trying and believe in yourself. That's, that's very important. Uh, I learned this from Leon, I learned I learned this from Leon Julo before when I was trained at Cicero Costa. Because I used to watch that guy train and he was like amazing. Like he's very good, as you guys know. And then at some point I asked him, like, you like why are you so good? Like you are the only guy here that is able to pass like Meow Brothers guard. Like, how do you do it? And all the positions that you do. I see like all the guys, they do what you do, but only you can do that. Only you can pass their guards. Like, what's your mindset? Like, what's going on? And he said, Breno, I just believe, you know? So when they're playing guard for me, let's say if you are fighting against someone that has a really good guard, don't think like this. Oh, I'm on top of this guy and, he, and this guy has a very good guard. Oh, this guy, you know, like he has a good triangle. No, my mindset is that I just believe that I can pass, you know. So when I'm training, when I'm past the guard, I just keep it going. In my mind, all the time, I'm just like, I got to pass, I got to pass, I got to pass, I got to pass. And it's the same thing when I'm playing guard. If someone's put pressure on me, in my mind, I'm like, no, this guy, like he can't pass. He can't pass. He's not going to pass. He's not going to pass. He's not going to pass. And then I think believe, believe is the most important thing. Because I, I've seen some people, and then those guys, like, they are very good, but they don't believe in themselves. And then when they compete, they put themselves down. And I've seen, too, a lot of guys that when they train, they are okay. But when they compete, they do very well. Why? Because when they compete, they believe in themselves, right? So my advice for if you are listening to this podcast, believe in yourself and keep going. If you really want it, right? Because there's a difference between someone that really wanted and someone that only want this right you need to really want this it needs to come from your heart i guess in my opinion right so which if the passion that you have comes from your heart just keep it going and believe and you train hear, hard do you hear that aaron you just have to believe <laughs> <laughs> so i'm trying, I'm trying my best. no but like i i, I see what you're saying because like like you've said it before where there's guys that are really good in the training room 
and they can really excel and they're very good at the training room on that floor. But then when they go to the actual competition floor, they maybe they don't have the same spark or they don't have the same level of compete or there's always something missing, for example, and they can't seem to get over that hump for whatever reason it is. But in the training room, they're always top, top notch or whatever. But then when they get to the competition floor, they can't seem to pull the trigger or they're just there's something missing. So whether it's a belief in themselves or something else, right? Yeah. But overall, pay the price, right? If yeah. you don't pay the price, if you don't work hard, if you don't do your diet proper, if you don't do your workouts, you know, like if you only believe, it doesn't work. So put the work, you know, work hard. and then. Oh, believe. what do you mean? I thought I could just believe <laughs> I could work hard. What the hell, man? And not train? <laughs> I, I, thought I, could just go, I thought I could just walk onto the mats and throw around Bouchesha. Because I, I, I believe I can. I believe. No, he would kill me regardless. So For the, for the whole week, I'm going to be here eating ice cream and then I'm going to compete the weekend. Oh, I believe myself. I believe in myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so i actually have to train okay gotcha but speak, speaking of training uh, i want you to compare your experience with because you, you've trained in a lot of places in brazil i want you to compare the training at like cicero costas and you know compare it to you know your first impressions of training in canada like what were some good things you took from brazil what are some things you took from you know like the canadian style of training is there a difference um which you know just talk about that experience uh, I guess the Brazilian guys, we we train hard. We like to train hard. Like, we kill each other, you know? Like, we train very hard, but we don't like to study much. And when I came to Canada, like, you guys study a lot. And that's that was something that I learned from you guys. The study is very important. Like, you guys do a lot of drills. You guys, like, you guys like to study. So... The difference between Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Canada Jiu-Jitsu, there's no difference because you guys train hard as well. You, you understand what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. So yeah. Brazilians, we train more hard, but we don't study that much. And you guys, you, you guys study a lot, but sometimes you guys don't have that mindset that like you got to go. Even though you are dead, even though you are tired, you got to go. If you want to be world champion, you got to go. So... But uh, things are changed, right? Now, I guess, Brazilians, you are studying more. And I, I, I see here in Canada, too, you guys are, are putting the work, are training hard, and that's how the sports involved, right? So, like, when you look at, like, for your – like, when you're training for a competition, what are you putting more emphasis on? Are you putting more emphasis on drilling, studying technique, or, like, training hard – in technique, positional sparring, like what is it like you kind of focus on? Or so, or is it just straight up pohada until the tournament? <laughs> so <laughs> when I got my black belt, I changed because before my black belt, I used to do a lot of sparring, 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 and that's it. Study like yeah. just a little bit, drills just a little bit. I, I really like to, to do more sparring, pohada, right? But when I got my black belt, I realized that it doesn't work. Like, if you want to be the champ, you got to do something else. Like, now I try to, like, I do my sparring, which is hard to, I, I still doing my sparring, but I also do yoga. I also study a lot. I also eat better, right? So I'll, that's how I think. If you want to do sparring, you're not going to be a champion. 
if you only do like as i said i do yoga if you only do yoga you're not going to be a world champion if you only do your workouts you're not going to be a world champion if you only eat healthy you're not going to be a world champion but if you do all those things and if you keep trying if you keep trying you keep going you might be a world champion right so it's a small little things that you mix together and at the end of the day is what the champions are doing right now right so anything that can help your jiu-jitsu improve do it if you think like yoga is going to help your flexibility yoga is going to help like your mindset do it if you think that if you reach help it's going to help your mindset it's going to help your body do it so anything that you can do to improve your jiu-jitsu do it mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a mindset like you like you're kind of saying whatever the individual thinks is going to work for them do it that's it okay that's what i'm trying to say yeah yeah no no, no. I, I i see what you're saying because like you, the fat person believes that hey maybe yoga is gonna but that missing link that i need i'm gonna add that into my training to make myself better or if it's like hey my nutrition is shit i need to make sure i got that on point i'm gonna feel better doing that then make sure you're doing that okay that's yeah i think that's a smart because everybody's yeah. completely different. I don't think there's yeah. one recipe really where it's no, like, there's no one recipe. X. No. Yeah. I you got to know yourself, right? Yeah. You got to know yourself very well. And I think if you look well. at a lot of like black belt world champions, a lot of them train very differently as well. So some of them mm-hmm. may do a lot more pohada sparring. Some might be drilling more. Some might be focusing on like their strength and conditioning and like weight training and all that. I think it, it's very, you have to kind of find out what your weak points are, like what you're not good at and try to work on those and try to get better. So if you're not very flexible, yoga, for example, might be something that might benefit you. Or if you feel like, you know, like I was before when I was like a, a middleweight and I was feel like my joints were beat up all the time. And, you know, you maybe want to do some weight training, get stronger. And now I'm an ultra heavyweight and I can, and I'm good to go. Right, Aaron? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike's pushing 245, 250. So he's, uh, <laughs> I got that pandemic weight going. So very rough. <laughs> I was a, I was a mid, I was a middleweight uh, before the pandemic. Now I'm uh, ultra heavy. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> if you're strong, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like we were talking about it before a couple podcasts ago. That the divisions that like maybe people were in like two years ago for example maybe they were in light feather or they were in like middleweight or whatever i think all those people are going to be shifting to bigger divisions moving forward and the absolutes are just going to be like massive where it's like all these trucks i gained some weight too i was like everybody gained weight yeah now i'm probably media heavy there's no shame there's no shame in that i i've went up like about five weight classes so it a it, it comes with the territory so so one thing uh, when this pandemic's over future tournaments i know you you've traveled you've competed a lot what are some tournaments that you want to go to or what's what what uh, what are you going to try to do in the future as soon as they reopen the border i'm gonna i'm gonna do the first turn that i can as soon as they're opening canada i'm gonna do it probably america right so yeah, I, I, would, I would assume so. Yeah, yeah. probably. I think, it, I think unfortunately it's going to be very difficult to 
with, you know, academies and schools being closed, it's really hard to justify, Hey, we're going to have a, an IBJJF Toronto open here. And like, you know, most of the schools in the country are closed. So it's hard to, it's hard to organize a tournament here, unfortunately, right now. I think it's just, let's, yeah. let's try to get everything under control and then we can start, you know, once we can start training, you know, properly, then, it, then we can start looking at, you know, hopefully hosting some tournaments, hopefully yeah. by the end of the year or maybe early in the next year, I think would be good. Yeah, because in Brazil, they, they should train and like there's tournament going on, right? There's tournament happening there in the America as well. Like they, they should train and there's tournament happening there too. So yeah, we got to, as soon as they reopen the board, we got to train hard. We got to go back to training and got to go back to the game again. Mm. yeah no it'll be interesting once we were finally able to kind of get back into the mix of things um i look at it this way it's like where do you kind of see the jujitsu game going is it more leaning towards obviously the gi competitions or is it more no gi super super shows super fights what do you kind of see like where's your opinion on that you mean during the pandemic or after the pandemic just just over over everything. So I'm like, where do you see overall, the transition going overall? Is it going to be more tournament-based? Because I know there's a lot of super fight shows that Aaron was alluding to in the U.S. You have, like, Fight to Win. You have, you know, like, Canadian sub-X that, like, you know, Tony Isaacs was doing, for example. Um, I think, like, who's number one? A lot of those cards, like, is the future of Jiu-Jitsu going to be more, like, super fights? Like, you know, this guy against this guy? Or is there going to be more tournaments? It's going to be a mix of both. Is it going to be more gi or no gi? What do you see like the future of jiu-jitsu going in like the next few years? I think it's going to be a mix of both. Because a lot of a lot of people they only do gi. There are a lot of people that only do gi, but there are also people that only do no gi, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to be a mix of both. Do you think when you look at like students because you know how like there's those individuals who are like I'm just doing no gi, I just want to do no gi. Do you think people should still be focusing on both or is it just like a transition to one or the other? Um, I'm the type of guy that I think do, do what makes you happy, right? Like, I don't like to say, how can I say to only do gi if you like both? Or how can I say to only do no gi because no gi is growing, but are you like to do both? So mm -hmm. if you are cool at doing both, like training hard for both and whatever makes you happy, right? Okay. That's, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> that's all, that's all I got. got. <laughs> to be honest with you guys, I hate no gi before. Like I didn't like no gi at all. Before. Okay. I started to do no gi one year ago. I didn't like no gi much before. Why? Because back in the days, no gi were more a physical sport, right? The technique in no gi wasn't as good as it is now, right? So let's say I used to train with you, with you, with gi, and then I do like, you have no technique and that's it. I'm going to beat you out. But if you put your gi on, you are strong. Now you, you're going to give me a hard time just because you're strong. So I didn't like that. But nowadays, no gi is as just as technical as gi, right? So, so that's so, why so, uh, like, now I'm more excited to train. 
So what you're saying is when I'm 250, I should roll with you, Nogi. I would have a little bit of a better chance. Yes, 100%. <laughs> but I, I think, I think honestly, I think a lot of the Nogi technique has been very like underdeveloped. I think you're, I think you're right. What you're saying is like, I think a lot of people used to train gi and then they would just take off no gi and then like people would just roll around everywhere and sprawl the leggy. Sprawl double leg. It's it's <laughs> MMA basically. But like I would say like the last few years, I would say the the technique, especially with like, you know, if you look at the guys from like, you know, Danaher and like Henzo Gracie and a lot of those guys have developed a lot more systems and it's become a lot more technical around you know, like, let's say like different parts of the game, like leg locks, you know, head and arm control, things like that, where yeah. gi, gi, I think the gi game has had that for a long time. There'd be like new positions and it'd be a lot more systemized, but now I think no gi is catching up uh, in, in that yeah, regard as well. So I, Which so I one do you prefer? What do I prefer? I've done gi yeah. mostly, but you know what? Like most of the time I always get roped into doing, hey, there's this gi, no gi super fight or no gi like tournament or this and that so it's like i don't even train no gi that much anymore like i actually start when i started training jiu-jitsu the first year i think i just did strictly like no gi training i never put it on and then i started with the gi at at, uh, the current gym i'm at and i got cross choked by like a 14 year old girl who was like a green belt (laughs) i was like what is this i can't get out of it I could, oh, she's choking me. Oh, I could just stand up and I'm getting strangled and I can't do anything. And like, I couldn't break grips. I thought it was really annoying. Like I can't double leg and sprawl. Like, so at first I didn't like training with the gi, but like, honestly, after a few months, I really got used to it and I really liked it. And I think it, they both complement each other. Honestly, I think like if you train gi, it's going to help your no gi game in certain aspects. And if you train, if you're training no gi, it's going to actually help your gi game in some aspects as well. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, like I like the no, I like gi as the technical aspect of it because there's just so many different techniques available and it, it's, it's so many different things, right? Where I always didn't like no gi because it was, again, like you said, it was too athletic. I had to work super, super hard to accomplish anything because of there's no grips being available or you had to be really fast like that. But I always felt so much lighter and faster on the feet. But then it was like, ah, this is a lot of work. <laughs> so, Aaron's, very, Aaron's very lazy. Uh, very, I, I, like, uh, I like tying people up. Like, what can I say? <laughs> uh, so the, a Brazilian nickname for Aaron, like what's like lazy? Would it be like a sloth? Like, how would you say that in Portuguese? Oh, it, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it's actually funny. You know Felipe Pena? Yeah. His nickname is Felipe, yeah, he's Pena this is the word that you are looking for. Sloth? <laughs> Lazy. <laughs> because when he started, like he was, I think he was 15 years old and he was a bit fat. He was yeah. thicker, right? And then his name was Felgis because he was like... Uh... <laughs> so, uh, so I, I don't know. I've heard like the legends of like, you know, jujitsu. Like, how do you get like a nickname in like a Brazilian gym. Cause I know a lot of times for those who don't know, it's usually like, it's like, let's say you have a big nose. They'll, they'll call you like, you know, Pinocchio, for example, in like, in like Portuguese. So like, what are some like funny, like nicknames that you've heard like over the years of like training partners and can you give me, can you give me an Aaron? A, 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 can you bless us with a, 
with a with a fucking nickname. (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna bless Aaron right now with (laughs) (laughs) us Brazilians. Brazilians, like uh, we don't know each other by name. We know each other by nickname. (laughs) We love to put nickname. (laughs) So. The most the most common nickname that you're gonna hear in Brazil is like big head or big ear or big nose or lazy, which is preguiça. Uh, I think those how do you are say, the most. How do you how do you say um, Clifford or Ginger in Portuguese? Because that will be Aaron's new uh, new nickname. Because he has red hair. Yeah, because he has red hair, so he's a ginger. He has red hair. Is is like shirt is red so you don't have I, I to answer it. this question it's fine <laughs> or, or you can call them soulless because usually gingers don't have a skull that, that <laughs> they will his nickname for him in brazil it's gonna be probably german because when we see one guy like him like head hair <laughs> we call german <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I think that's gonna be our next shirt. <laughs> Aaron's now known as I think he's Irish actually by Irish or how do you how what's a alcoholic in Portuguese? Uh, no, subject. Uh, that's Aaron. That's Aaron right there. <laughs> I have a beer once a week. What are you talking about? Jesus Christ. Only, I don't, only during COVID, right? After COVID, no more beer. Yeah, Protein. exactly. Like, well, you know what? Like, because the weather's getting nicer too. So it's like you can. Oh, sure. The you. weather's getting nicer, Aaron. You know, the first step yeah. in admitting is you have a problem. <laughs> It'll be, it'll be good. You go outside, but you can train outside. You can do so much more stuff outside. Like that's the thing. Yeah. And when you are training, like when you are going to the gym, you are doing your workouts, you want to eat help. You want to like take proteins and everything. But when you're not doing much, I hear you, but what you have to do, right? Let's have a beer. Exactly, Mike. <laughs> exactly. Adopt, Aaron's, Aaron's adopt, not adopt that. That's why I Aaron's jumped up a weight class. <laughs> I've jumped up four, but I'm actually like weight training as I'm trying to do yeah, that. <laughs> uh, when was uh, your one last more... tournament? Yep. When was my last tournament? Yeah. Oh, geez. We're going we're gonna to have to like go back to like, you know, Egyptian times to see when uh, my last tournament was. <laughs> but Mike, also... Mike's last super fight was like tw- September 2018. And that was me yeah. dragging him out of retirement to go do something. You didn't drag me out of retirement. I I dragged you out. Did you did you talk to Tony about that? You're like, hey, get this guy a fight. I did. (laughs) You talked to Tony Isaacs. Hey, go get this guy a fight. (laughs) You did, Korean. Yeah. So I I had a I had a super fight uh, on uh, it was a sub X shows and it was like yeah it was around that time it was like September October like 2018 but I was actually planning on competing more. I wanted to do World Masters. And I was actually training hard. I was getting in like, you know, good rounds in studying, doing everything I needed to do. And then right before the end of the year, I dislocated my knee really badly. So I got injured like really badly. Yes. So injury ligaments, kneecap went from, so if this is my knee, like this is my, like, you know, like the front of your knee, the patella, it went like this, like all of it got stuck. And then I had to put it back in place. Aaron, Aaron was training. 
training. So, uh, Aaron, would you like to explain how that happened? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he, sure, he didn't sure. do it. 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 was, it was actually, I would love to explain this. So, um, Michael was training with one of our students, uh, Charlotte, who's a power lifter, but he's a white belt, right? So he, he's all power. Like that's all he knows. It's just technique is power. That's all he knows how to do. So Michael, really, they were really doing, strong. They were, He's really strong. And so they were training single leg takedowns, I believe it was, because Charlon was going to compete, I believe, at the time. And so they're just like drilling single legs, single legs, whatever, right? And so Mike's trying to be like a pain in the ass and like, you know, dodge the takedown and not allow him to take him down. But Charlon wasn't high up on the femur. He was kind of lower and like just hugging the knee around that. And so when he twisted his whole body to turn, Mike around, Mike didn't move, but the leg did. Uh, and so basically, my leg, yeah. just went, it just went, and then I just heard Mike scream and go white right away. I was like, oh, something bad just happened. And like it popped out and it popped right back in too. Mm. Charlon felt it go and then he kind of moved back to where it was. <laughs> put it back and he was in like, place. Oh. <laughs> like, and he was like, like you just hear Mike scream, and then oh, it was that's like, crazy. I didn't scream that much. I was just like, oh no, shit, no, no. put me down. But, but, but like, that's what I mean. Like, we knew. Stop you were doing hurt, what you're doing. Like, this hurts. <laughs> yeah, like we knew you were hurt, and we're like, oh shit. So let's just get ice, and like at that point, there's nothing you can do, and it was it. But luckily, he put it back in place. And did you go to the hospital, yeah. or what'd you do? No, I just, I went at home. I remember I got a, I got checked by a doc, like some of the, the physiotherapist people at the, yeah. the gym that we don't speak of. I had a lot of like physical therapists, like working with me. So I, I just did a lot of that and, and it's, it took a while for me to like recover from it. And I still feel like I don't, you know, I, I compensate for it, unfortunately, but you know, like it always seems like when I'm about to like, Hey, I'm going to start doing more tournaments. So you're not just going to see me refereeing. I was like, I start training a little bit more and then I feel good. And then I do like a tournament or a super fight. And then it just all goes to shit. <laughs> just like I get hurt. It's usually like I get hurt or so something happens where it's like, I've been meaning to do like a lot of big tournaments probably the last couple of years. I was actually going to do world masters in 2020, but then well, you, you saw what happened. Unfortunately, the pandemic happened. I was in another country. Aaron thinks it's my fault. <laughs> it was your fault. But if I have any advice for anybody, especially when you're training for a tournament or anything, and if you're training with a white belt, just let them take you down. It's okay. You're not trying to prove anything. Don't I'm not trying try to, to resist anything. and be a dick and try to <laughs> play like, oh, I'm going to not do anything or whatever. <laughs> Just let the technique happen. But no, you, you did want it. And that's what happened. Want, okay. Well, you want a, a, he wanted me to resist B when you have somebody who's at 180 pounds, who's Breno's size and you know, you know, deadlifts, right? Breno. So yeah. he's a, he's a power lifter. He deadlifts like, you know, 600, 650 pounds, like at his peak. So very strong and explosive. But, Somebody who's that strong who gets a hold of your leg, they can do things to it that you don't want to happen, and that's what happened. <laughs> like, like in, in in essence, it was a it was a freak accident, hundred percent. It could have yeah. happened to anybody, but you know, it was unfortunate. But it, it's still Mike's fault, regardless. He's the higher belt, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> hey, you're right. Actually. I should have let it happen. Here's my leg. I think I, th I think he was getting more upset by the fact that like I kept 
like he's like hey you know put some resistance like he's trying to take me down he has a single leg i'm hopping around i'm tripping him and then yeah but he was low on the he was low on the on the hike like he wasn't he didn't have the femur at all like he was really low on it and that's why i was just able to grab it and just i think he was probably higher like i don't recall because I probably blocked this out because it really hurt, but I was pushing <laughs> down like on his head and moving around. <laughs> All the trauma I'm trying to block out. When I'm training right for a tournament, I avoid to train white belts. Don't take me wrong, white belts. I love you guys. You guys are very <laughs> necessary for this community, but I just avoid these guys. You know what I'm saying? So, well, uh, since we're talking about injuries, go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> no, I was going to say because um, Danaher had a, a great quote because he said, like, uh, what, it was something like reckless white belts have destroyed more athletes than a careless black belt or something. Or, no, it was a careless, a careless white belt has destroyed more professional athletes than a reckless black belt ever has. You know what I mean? Like, it, that's it's, for sure. It's, it's for sure. For it was sure. something around yeah. those. I'm, I'm probably butchering it, but that's like the text. That's the wording he was saying. And it's not on purpose. It's just careless, right? Because they just don't know. Or it's the yeah. athlete that they're training with isn't being cautious enough to control that individual. It's, it's like they, anything. If you, it, yeah, they don't have much technique, right? It's strange. Mm-hmm. That's how they have. And that's what yeah. they, they, that's what they will use against you, right? Yep, I I found that out the hard way, actually. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, yeah, but, like, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, have there been any, like, injuries that, like, like, that you've kind of suffered from, like, since that, like, obviously you've recovered from, but, like, like, what's the worst one that you've had? Uh, I did a surgery in my knee. My knee is four or five years ago. Okay. And it was yeah, I mean, it's because it was a really tough, it was a really tough time of my life because when I got injured, like, I was doing well. I was living in Sao Paulo. I was training with Miao Brothers, Miao Drew, and all those guys that were there. And then I got injured, and then I pretty much stopped to compete for, like, one year. Mm-hmm. And then was was hard. In that time, like, what did you learn? Like, were you still, like, studying jiu-jitsu or did you just, like, take time off? Like, what did you do in, no, in that time? I, I just took the time off because I was sad. So, I couldn't yeah. watch Matt. I couldn't study, like, because I was sad, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I knew that I would be competing. I would be training some Paulo, but because of my injury, I, I couldn't. So, I didn't do anything. Just got fat, uh-huh. eat, eat, eat. <laughs> go, up to ultra, I, I, go up to ultra heavy like i did yeah <laughs> but uh um, after my first surgery i had another one the other knee but uh in my second surgery i had that better like i i was studying i was more focused right i didn't lose my mind in my first surgery mm-hmm. i lost my mind i was like sad you know i wasn't studying i wasn't doing anything but in my second series, I was like, no, come on. I'm going to go back. I came back for my first one. And I, I'm, I'm going to come back stronger. So I was still and My second series, it wasn't that bad. Okay. So you came back from it. But yeah, um, one, more, one more thing I want to ask you this evening, just going over, you know, 
zillion nicknames. You've been training with uh, a friend of mine and longtime training partner, Matthew Isaacs. So uh, shout out to Matthew Isaacs, who's probably listening to this right now. Uh, you know, Portuguese nicknames. He's had a lot. Um, can you bless Matthew Isaacs with a Portuguese nickname officially tonight? I personally call him little, little Pusatangi, but what, whatever you want to, whatever you want to give him, you can, uh, you can bless him right now. Okay. Super. <laughs> what is, what is that? That's what he needs sometimes. Sometimes he gets to the gym and he's like, oh, you know, I'm here, but I'm not here. So C4, let's go, man. You got to take your C4 and go, you know. I like C4, C4. The, uh, the supplement? Yeah, the supplement. Because oh, okay. sometimes like, he's, he's not lazy. He trains hard, but sometimes he seems like he's lazy. He, does, he doesn't want to be there. But that's his way, right? Because <laughs> he's quiet and he's like, chill. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta. You can, the guy's playing like Warzone till like three, four a.m. in the morning. Like he's twenty-two years old. Like, what do you expect from the kid? <laughs> That's right. He, he's got, he's That's not waking right. up until he's not gonna wake up until like noon anyway. This is like, <laughs> like expectations. <laughs> it's like, Matthew, what, did you work the night before? No, I was just up really late. I was playing Call of Duty. <laughs> I was just playing video game with my brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck. Good old Maddie. No, well, I'm happy for Maddie because Maddie's in Florida right now. So I know he, he's on a tournament. Uh, he's on a tournament festival. He's going to go do three competitions, hopefully, within the next uh, – couple months so we should be down there for a bit yeah yeah um i think he's at patch gym right uh in orlando the yeah. rains of grace gym yeah 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 they have a solid training there he's lucky yeah have you yeah, been, have you been down have you training. have you had the opportunity of going down there yet or is that somewhere you want to no, go I hopefully no i haven't but i want to go eventually for sure nice um to, to wrap things up this evening, I want to give you kind of like the last word. Um, anybody you want to thank, any sponsors that you have, anybody you want to shout out back in Brazil, um, floor is yours. Like, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to my parents first because because of them here, because they always trusted me. They always gave me all the support that I needed, right? I also want to thank you, Fernando Zuli Gringo, because he's the guy that brought me here to Canada, right? Uh, I want to thank you to you guys, too. You guys are doing a good job. Like, keep it going. You guys are doing a good job. Like, uh, the community needs you guys. The community needs you guys, right? Uh, I want to say thank you Igor as well. Igor is, is a Brazilian uh, guy. He's black belt. He's Janine's wife. Uh, sorry, he's Janine's husband. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's one of my best trainers here in Canada, so I'm blessed to have this guy here, so I can train with him, and thank for the community, too, and then let's grow, let's believe, you know, let's keep working hard, and then let's grow, we're gonna be good, Canada Jiu-Jitsu is gonna grow a lot, that's for sure, and I'm here Definitely. to help you guys. Definitely, appreciate the kind words, we're just, we're doing our best here to try to show, like, hey, you know, Canada's got some talent here, I think they're just on the cusp of getting to the next level. And, you know, with, I think with your help and, 
you know, a lot of the, a lot of the people coming up here, the, the, the training is just, I just see it even the last few years, like the training has just gotten better and better. Yeah. Right. No, thank you so much, man. It's been a really great pleasure. Thanks for coming down. Um, we hope to have you in a studio one day or coming down to train with you definitely in the future. That's for sure. I can't wait. Thanks, buddy. Nogi. Awesome. Nogi, no and I'm going to be 280 by then. Holy shit. <laughs> Actually, I don't do no gear anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody.